0: I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootballtckpod and on Twitter at tckpod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All righty. Happy Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever you're hearing this, whenever we get it uploaded. Rolling with the same uh, schedule on the week here. Yesterday, Dwayne and Skye took on the QB ADP comparison, or in better words, showing why some of these sites that have ADPs that host drafts, you should not be following those. Because in a way, ADPs are rankings, I guess you could say, or a general consensus on the rankings. So we're here today to show you some of the running back gaps that we have. Uh, so obviously, some of ours are different. Show where you can exploit those numbers and go win your draft right off the start of the season before it even happened. So Dwayne,
1: how are you doing? I'm good. Here's what I like to t- say about ADPs, right? ADPs like the consensus rank of all fantasy players in the world. The bottom line is 92% of those are fucking losers. So like, why are we listening to the ADPs? when mm-hmm. 92% of that consensus is just a bunch of losers. People are going to lose their league. So this is us telling you ADP might be a good place to start, but uh, big-time values and big-time losses, if you're just following that, that's not okay. It's not an okay-to-way to wait play fantasy football.
0: Yeah, I, I, this year I just started to hate ADP and the word value drafting because I guess the, the statement I made was ADP is based off other people's decisions, or including you, but in a way it's there's one of you in a 12-person league, 10-person league. So there's more people making more decisions than you to get this data. So the data is decisions from everyone else. And if you're drafting at value in your league, all you're doing is just not taking players that other people decided the position for. So you're not actually getting a value at all. You're just getting players that your league mates didn't want at that position. So I think really what it comes down to is, I wouldn't say you everyone has to make rankings. I'm not saying our rankings are perfect except for yours, Dwayne. But I think, exactly. I, I think that the, the mindset to have is, you can draft strictly down ESPN's queue or whatever, ADP if you want. But don't expect to gain any situations where you're getting an edge on your opponents because they're the ones that made that draft order happen. They're the ones that made those players show up in that order. So we'll hop right into it here. Uh, we're just kind of going to go down. We made a list go down the order of the biggest gaps we have. We pulled ADP wanna- for-
1: don't you want to plug like LandryFootball.com oh, yeah. or <laughs> K or the draft guy that you've got like a week left to buy. Man, you're not True. you're not a good company guy here. Come on, man. No,
0: baby. I'm ready to get into the get into the, okay. So uh yeah, so shout out to LandryFootball.com or, me, come on.
1: Well
0: that, that is full now, but we'll go into that. So shout out to LandryFootball.com, obviously, for letting us uh, go live, be live fantasy football announcers people podcasters uh four times a week uh you can go find their stuff on LandryFootball.com or twitch.com twitch.tv slash chris landry football uh like yeah. duane said we we have a draft guide uh slash in-season package uh basically now the in-season package contains the draft guide stuff is five bucks if you go to tckpod.com uh All the draft cut stuff, team previews, you have a week left to really digest them. So that'd be a lot to condense in a week, but I know you can speed read through it. Uh, But in season, we have strength of schedule, just like the data, um, how many points allowed to position, pretty simple. We have a range of outcomes tool, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, In short terms, it shows how many points per game each uh, defense is allowing over the player's average to show... More so to help with flex decisions or ranking decisions or uh, should you play, I don't know, running back A or B, you would go to that tool to see that the, the Cardinals defense is allowing five more points over players' averages compared to the Broncos defense to running backs in, in short terms. But it'll be better explained if you go on the draft guide. Uh, we'll have our weekly betting picks, weekly, weekly player props, uh, weekly thrive picks, um, basically just betting or player props combined. Weekly live stream, if you get that signed up, uh, as well as so some other stuff here and there. And then the Listener League, which I believe we're full. Don't quote me on that. I don't know exactly. I think we are full, though, but we'll have updates.
1: Best way we'll to find out is to shoot, shoot Sky a DM on Instagram or hit you up or hit me on Twitter, yeah. and then we'll, we'll get you the real info.
0: Yeah, we don't handle that stuff. That's all, Sky. So, all right. Running backs that we are above, below – neutral on of the market so the top really five to six were pretty congruent pretty consistent uh with with the market and it makes sense right those guys are pretty good solid picks year in and year out so the first one right off the bat and i think we can talk about it today because it actually kind of applies joe mixon uh got a new deal today rumors of holding out per se or didn't really know there was just kind of up in the air but i have him right at nine which is basically right at offic- the market right around the eight to nine range but you have him at 12. Uh, which is 3.2 less than the numbers we took, but basically you're just moving him into round two from a round one pick. You can kind of sum it up as so. Uh,
1: it, is there real, some reasoning behind that? Yeah, it's real simple. Joe Mixon is a life. He's the lifelong RB eleven. That's where he always, always, always finishes. You have to have some concerns with a, a new offense kind of being run, new quarterback being run. Like there's, there's just some concerns. We know. Last year when that offensive line got itself together, Mixon went off. But um, he was inconsistent over the course of the the season. There's just some concerns. He's not a locked and loaded absolute stud. Obviously, I have him finishing at 12, so he's still an RB1 for me. I'm just a little cautious. At the the end of the first round, even beginning of the second round, I'd probably rather draft some of those big-name receivers at that point than Mixon. But I still like him. I like him a lot. I like him with the new contract. A lot this year as well. Um, Just a little caution is all I'd suggest here.
0: Yeah, I don't even – I don't think I've taken him in a mock or anything this year just because I've been taking receivers in the back end on the turn. And I think really he has a lot of touchdown uh, progression or positive regression going for him, but so do nine running backs in the top 12. So really I don't like – I like using that as a stat, but I don't. And I think the one thing just in terms of mixing is that like everyone's saying like – New team, more opportunities, He's going to catch more passes. I'm, though I always fall back to the fact that it would have happened last year when it was him and Tyler Boyd, and they had a ton of negative games. they're running a ton of plays. I don't know if it's going to happen that year, that this year. But yeah, I think uh, really, yeah, I think it's really just like a back end RB one. That's about uh, about it for him there. All right, the next one. Kind of a kind of a big gap here, right off the rip. So we have Nick Chubb here. He is the RB ten-ish, roughly, uh, right around the, the the turn, you could say. So I have him at RB twelve, so not much discrepancy. But you have him all the way down at RB twenty-two. So so much we,
1: Nick Chubb eight. So much yeah. Nick Chubb eight over here.
0: So we talked about him uh, on our podcast specifically. I don't know a month and a half ago about running backs to fade. You don't have to go into all the numbers here, but I guess why
1: RB22 is super low. Because yeah, go. Just go. Yet. People haven't bought in yet. I'm going to pr- present this a little bit differently this time than I did in the past. Mostly, I'm just going to look at some splits. I mean, Kareem Hunt is the reason Nick Chubb is my 22. We'll get to it later, but I have Kareem Hunt finishing higher than Nick Chubb. So I'm kind of going to pair these two together, talk about him. He, he's somebody that we would have talked about later. I have Chubb finishing at 22. I have um, Hunt finishing, I think, at 17. Granted, this is full PPR format. Um, but look, let's let's just look at the splits. It's an eight-game split uh, without Kareem Hunt for Nick Chubb. It's an eight-game split with Kareem Hunt for Nick Chubb. He went from 20 PPR points a game to 13 when Kareem Hunt came in. Uh, he went from scoring, he was on a 12 touchdown, a rushing touchdown pace before Kareem Hunt came in. That fell to a four rushing touchdown pace after Kareem Hunt came in and there's zero receiving touchdowns to mention. He fell off a lot because Kareem Hunt was on the field a lot. Nick Chubb is an explosive player. We all know that. He's incredibly talented with the ball. We all know that. What people are ignoring for some reason is that Kareem Hunt is also an incredible player and is also extraordinarily explosive. When Hunt came back, if you just look at the finishes from when Hunt came back through the rest of the season, Nick Chubb finished running back 15. Kareem Hunt finished running back 17. They were separated by 2.4 fantasy points. And that's with the red zone problem that we've talked about in the past. Last season, Kareem Hunt got one Goal line carry, one carry inside the five to Nick Chubb's 15. Nick Chubb was the worst running back in the world on the goal line last year. Kareem Hunt scored one out of one. I expect some of that to shift Hunt's way. So if you add some rushing touchdown work, deep rushing red zone work, if he gets three more goal line carries, he'll score one more touchdown on the ground. And that would have put him last year above Chubb as it was. I mean, Kareem Hunt is a great goal line back. He's a good back with the ball. He's not going to get the bulk of the carries, um, but he will always get the bulk of the pass work. He was uh, running back eight in targets per game last season when he was there. His 17.4% of the target share on his team was running back four over the time that he played, only behind Tariq Cohen, Austin Eckler, and CMC. Those are the only guys that got a bigger load or share of the team's passing load Hunt's a stud. Hunt's going to take all the passing work, should get more of the goal line work. And he's he's just a thorn in Chubb's side, and he's going to keep him um, almost, to me, outside the RB2 range. All right.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I've taken Hunt literally in probably as many leagues as I can in terms of, like, unless he gets to pick before me in round five or six, like he's on my team. I don't have any Chubb. The the problem is, and I guess we can say this, you have Hunt at 17 uh minus like uh, ten ten running back spots above ADP, but if that was in overall ADP, that's probably three rounds, you would say. I would say at least two rounds roughly. Um the 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 only like issue I have is this team is gonna I have them projected to run more plays this year, more run plays this year this due to the coaching staff. Everyone has them projected to run more run plays this year. It's just how it's gonna be the I just don't know if I can see hunt taking more red Zone work because I feel like it would have happened last year when when Chubb was so bad right like like I get like I get your point but then they wouldn't have kept feeding Chubb so, so they're gonna keep,
1: so since they made a mistake last year the new coaching staff is gonna keep making last year's mistake is that your argument here
0: but yeah the problem with it is it's tough because I, I don't know, was it, like, we don't know if it was Chubb's fault he wasn't in the end zone, because that team just sucked. Like, there was just a terrible team. So, like, it's, I think we'll know right away. And I think we'll have our stat rat show next week, and that's going to be one of the things, like, one of the backfields we, we talk about, because uh, we can't obviously throw you any stats from the season, because it hasn't started yet. But we'll, we'll talk about these backfields in which we'll come back in week two and be like, here's how it's going to work. Like, this is what's happening. These are the snap counts. These are the red zone touches, stuff like that. So, I think it's just tough for me to really move Chubb or Hunt above Chubb. I do have Hunt at 24, subject to change, because I still think that that's above market pretty – I mean, it's like not in terms of consistent ADP of like what we're taking, but I don't see Hunt going in round four
1: ever, right? Like he, he goes uh, he, behind – You're not drafting with me, buddy. I'm taking – Well, yeah. In round four. But four. yeah.
0: So I, I I get it because that team is so up in question – that and Chubb was a second round pick, sure, but like if he was really though he was legit though we had 15 rushes for negative two yards and one touchdown instead of five. Like that is terrible for a guy that's what six foot two, all you gotta do is fall forward and you're getting more than one yard per rush. So I think definitely definitely risky, uh but you'll be the only one I think for it to pay off if it actually does work out.
1: I'm happy to be ninety-two percent of these people are gonna lose I'm just not one of them. Fair enough. Alrighty
0: the next guy on our list is Josh Jacobs. I have him at 14, relatively right where he's going. You have him at nineteen. Every part of me like I'm evaluates. 24.
1: Oh 24. sorry,
0: Fred. Oh, yep. Okay. Every part of me like evaluates him as like the RB twenty four, but I just can't move him down because I know they're gonna give him literally every touch on first and second down. That's true. Yeah. So, okay, so he had, what, 20 catches last year on 30 targets. Pretty all right, you could say, for a rookie. Apparently, everyone in the world thinks he's going to catch more passes. And this comes down to the simple, like, market share. There's 100% market share for a team, correct? Okay, Josh Jacobs had 20 catches on 30 targets. We'll just talk about targets. 30 targets. They not only drafted Lynn Bowden, made the pick, literally said he was running back afterwards. They brought back the leading running back in targets in Jalen Rashard. Yes, DeAndre Washington's gone, but they filled that void with Devontae Booker, Theo Riddick, and one more guy. More
1: pass catchers.
0: Well, okay, yeah. Then the receivers in general in Henry Rhodes Edwards. Tyrell Williams uh, did get put on the IR today, so we can we can add his vacated targets back into the pot that players can choose from. And then you add in Jason Witten and Foster Moreau in year three, and usually that's when we see tight ends start to come in more work and sort of break out. So really what it comes down to is if we're projecting him to get more targets, we have to somehow come up with more plays for this team, which I do have them running 30 more plays than last year. So I am giving them more plays, but I still only have Josh Jacobs projected for eight more targets than last year because it physically can't happen unless Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards don't get the ball. If Darren Waller has to come down on targets, which will happen, Jason Witten will have to do literally nothing, and Foster Moreau will have to not expand on his role last year. So it's a simple, simple math. math. It, like it's a simple math. And I have him ranked at 14, but I I can't take him in a single league. Because what do you what are you banking on? The Raiders to run this guy under the ground. And then I guess on top of that, people are saying they were easing him to easing him into his workload. I don't think 200 plus carries last year was easing him into a workload. Like he was their running back. They don't want to give him the ball more. I don't care what the stupid roto world blurbs say about him catching more passes. It's not going to happen.
1: If it okay, does, so he'll be a
0: top five running back. Like if he gets 50 target. targets,
1: he'll have less catches. He'll have less everything. He was running back 48 last year in team target share, only 5. percent That goes down so bad. Running back 46 in actual targets. That goes down forty-eight in receiving yards. That goes down. You just talked about all the weapons, the investment this team made. They want to pass the ball, but they're not going to pass it to Jacobs. No, he's a. I do look great running back, and I think he's going to flirt with um, the 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 uh, rushing title this year. I think it's him and Derrick Henry are going to be duking it out for the rushing title this year. Um, His touchdown number is probably a little bit capped, a whole lot less than Derrick Henry anyway. I think I put him at eight. Which is great. He's a great rushing running back. He's a fantastic standard league running back, if those exist anymore. But we're talking PPR, man. And you're right. He's my 19. He's not my 24. He's my 19. I like him, and I'll I'd take him in a lot of places. But understand that you're getting a guy that's just there's one whole facet of the game that he's not a part of.
0: Yeah, and it it'd be okay if I mean, relatively, Nick Chubb is a one two down back. He's not on a great team, but you're not like. Yeah, eight is he had seven touchdowns last year with above league average workhorse ability inside the 20 in terms of the touches he was getting and we should expect that again this year. But unless he's turning 242 rushes into 16 Derrick Henry 1600 yards like he's not worth the pick on the turn. At least to me that's how I see it because you're not going to return your your odds of finishing as a top five running back, or the worst out of those turned running backs? I think uh, for this upcoming I mean, season. All righty, the next one, uh, Leonard Fournette. We both. I have him. I moved him down to like thirty three. Because yeah, obviously. he's
1: not in my rankings right now. He's not on the in the NFL. Why? Why are we talking about him?
0: Just just talking about him. Where, where, where do you think? He's is there, are the Bears, before we
1: can talk about. Are the,
0: Bear, are the Bears going to sign him though?
1: I think he's a Patriot. That'd be awesome.
0: All right, go build Belichick.
1: I, I, I drafted him in my home league Sunday night, and I woke up Monday morning and that news popped up. It was my third-round pick. I was so mad because I've i never drafted Leonard Fournette, but I did it. It was can, it was dumb. I knew it was dumb at the time, but it turned out to be a lot more dumb than I even thought.
0: So this is this is the final, like I guess, running back advice podcast for drafts. So this is Jaguars backfield. Sky and I were talking yesterday. I don't think they're going to bring in anyone unless you disagree because, no. okay, so that leaves I leave, Rock Rock Armstead.
1: Rock my, my boy. I have him. Um, I, I adjusted today. He is now my running back 27. I think he's going to yeah. start. I think he's going to get the bulk of the work. I have him getting 67% of the running back touches on this game on this team now this is a team that gave Fournette 85 percent last season so will there be some share with uh, ozigbo or whatever the hell his name is yeah there will but i think the big bulk on a team that likes all running back to have the bulk is gonna go to armstead unless he loses it And and yeah he wasn't great in his very limited work last year but a lot of running backs in the league aren't great in very limited work Um, everything that we've read says he looks good. He is wildly explosive. His size speed combo is insane. I, I went and picked him up in every league that I could get him in. Um, Mm -hmm. and I paid good fab money to get him in those leagues because I agree. Nobody's coming in. He's going to finish 27.
0: Yeah. I, I asked the question, I guess, because he has been on the COVID list for the past week and a half. He was out the last two days with another, issue i guess it's not they didn't say it was like a big injury but he's just like not practicing oh zigbo's been taking first team reps your boy james robinson's been taking some reps and then obviously thompson i i think the thing is like we can't move thompson into more rushing attempts and really i think i had him at like 55 which is like what he's gonna like They yeah he's gonna finish right around that so we have to figure out the split i'm sure we'll talk about it next week uh, if we have more information and in official depth charts and whatnot um, on the Stat Rat episode. But it, yeah, it's tough for me because I guess where I have them ranked is like very neutral, I guess. I haven't gone in and fixed my projections because I just frankly don't know how to project it as of now. But I will know obviously by Thursday we'll have those locked in. So it's definitely going to be one to watch. I think it really provides more opportunity for Chenault. Is probably the biggest one I think goes up because he he could very easily be the goal line back. He could be this wildcat back that that he was in college. So it would definitely be fun to. I am um, so
1: far off Lavisca Chenault. I mean, I've faded him so. I love him. I think he's my wide receiver one oh eight or something right now. I'm not interested at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Life? That is unearned hype. That guy. us let's go. Let's go to a running back that we know is going to touch the ball a lot, can't we? Yeah, go for it. You want to name him? I'll name him for you. It's Chris Carson. I think he's the next on our list. I don't know. I'm not looking at the list. Um, Chris Carson's going ADP wise 19. I have it 24, which is, you know, it's lower. It's not a ton lower. Let me tell you what will happen 100% guaranteed with Chris Carson this year because it happens every year. Uh, he's going to have 1,000 yards. He's going to have nine total touchdowns between his receiving work, his rushing work. That's what he's had the last couple seasons. He's going to get hurt. He's going to play hurt, but miss some time. Uh, He's going to get pulled from games for fumbling because he does it every year. He will also randomly, for no reason at all, lose snaps to Carlos Hyde, to Rashad Penny, to DJ Dallas, even on this team, because that's what Pete Carroll does. Uh, I like chris Carson, and you know what? even at nineteen, I'm willing to draft Chris Carson, even though he's my twenty four. It's just you know, I'm a little i'm not I don't think his ceiling is much higher than what it's been. he he won't he won't be better than he was last season the year before
0: i out of i'm I have the same like takes. I obviously have him ranked higher right around where he's going to eighteen. So out of – actually, here, we'll talk about this next guy first, and then we'll go into that. So Todd Gurley is the other one that you have him at seven, nine above kind of a consensus. I have him at 17, one below or right at it. So we we talked about this too, that our, our projections have to love Todd Gurley, right? Because his competition is Brian Hill, and th- yeah, that's it. So this team that I have projected to run an insane amount of plays, number one in the league, Edo Smith, I don't know. I, we don't, the, the worst part of like – to show how bad this backfield is, no one even knows who the backup is. And all these guys played last year. Like, it's terrible. So the only reason I have Gurley at 17 is because he's – I can't not project him for less than 15 games. And that's the hardest part because, like, I – yeah. My guess is, like, well, do you have him playing a full 16? Is that why he's at seven, I guess? Yeah, Yeah, I guess that makes sense.
1: I've got him play. He played all year last year. And, you know, how concerned everybody was going into the season last season. There's less concern from team doctors this year than there was going into last season. This offense is going to score. You know, Sky and I talked about it yesterday. They were going to score so damn many points in this Mm -hmm. division. Um, And if there's any running back in the league that knows how to score touchdowns, it's Todd Gurley. You pair him with an offense that, knows how to score touchdowns, it's you know it's hard not to see another 13, 14 touchdowns for this guy, 15 maybe even touchdowns for this yeah. guy. I don't care how old he is. He can score.
0: Yeah, so then I guess the, the question I was going to ask is out of Jacobs, I'm assuming Gurley's your answer. We'll go out of Jacobs and Carson. Uh, who would you rather have at ADP? Uh, I think Jacobs is, would to say, on the turn 1-2 turn and Carson's on the 3-4 turn really.
1: Out of those guys, who would I have at their ADP? Yeah. I would take, yeah, I'd take Gurley at his ADP all day. His ADP, um, what is it? 16. He's going to 16, which puts him, what did we say, at the back end of the second round? Three, four turn, probably, I would say. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would take Todd Gurley in the third, early third round. No problem.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those situations where if you fade it more often than not, You'll, if you play in a lot of leagues, you'll, you'll, you'll win more, I guess. But I do see the situation where it's literally Devontae, not, he's not going to finish as the RB1, but it's Devontae Freeman type production that's very consistent, 16 to 17 points with those games on primetime where he runs in three touchdowns for you if he stays healthy. And frankly, unless they bring in someone else, and I've heard Fournette's name be thrown around, like he has to do it. And, or like he literally, he has to do it because he's not going to get his job taken. So it's definitely. Uh, situation to monitor throughout the season as well. All righty, next up, Melvin Gordon is the next one. I have him right at ECR at 19. You have him at 14. Uh, we talked about last week, I think. Yeah, the AFC West. So two weeks ago, the the whole how we projected this backfield, and we basically were we threw Royce Freeman out the door. Like he's not even going to see any work. We agreed on that one. But where we disagreed was the use of Philip Lindsay. And really, yeah, I guess it was, it came down to that. And I guess what what the point of it is 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 Melvin Gordon going to see the more beneficial touches than Lindsay? And I you you obviously said yes, and I honestly don't know how to evaluate it because the beneficial touches have been where Lindsay's thrived lately, or like I guess in his two year career. So I just I have a hard time evaluating it. Um, may, it might be a little biased as a Broncos fan. But I, I just struggled to move down Lindsay, who's been their best rusher since Terrell Davis for twenty that, years. So
1: it's that sir is an emotional reaction to the players you're drafting, and oh. as the Big whiz from my podcast would tell you, he tells me every week, the minute your emotions come into play, you're you're losing you're losing your yeah. league, baby. Don't mess with it. He's gonna get Gordon is going to get the touches, and you know. New offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, comes in, and there's even more touches to go around. Shermer spent seven years as an OC, or at least his last seven years, he had the fifth most carries um, in the league over that span. 61% of his first and 10 plays were runs in that seven years, which was right at the top of the league. His favorite kind of back to call is a big, strong, up-the-gut back. That's not Philip Lindsay. That's Melvin yeah. Gordon. Now said. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that we'll have to see after a couple of weeks the red zone, uh, well, touches, but probably more snaps, I would say, in general, because they, they we, we've talked about how this team is a team where bringing in more guys will create more opportunity versus the Raiders, where bringing in more guys is not going to create more opportunity because this team is going to run a lot more plays than they did last year. They're going to be hopefully hitting on these oh, big plays not- that Shermer is going to call. I don't know about a lot, but like, I guess they're replacing so many starters, but then these these touches are projected to be more beneficial touches you would imagine with the play-action plays. The, the plays where you score a lot more fantasy points on, apparently, or we think he's going to run. So we'll have to reevaluate kind of just the offensive uh, hierarchy of touches, you could say, after the first couple of weeks. Next up, Jonathan Taylor is a big one, I think, here. that Easy. I,
1: this is so, an easy
0: I, I was with you. You have him at 30. I'm at 22. I didn't think I had like the 28 range for the whole offseason. But not even that, like, he's taking it's going to start out in a split. I've drafted Marlon Mack in so many leagues when I've been fading RB after round one, really. Because I'm just going to play him as my two, give me my eight points, get me the hell out of there for the first couple of weeks. The problem is that all these reports have been saying that Taylor will be the starter. Like, not even like he will have a role. Like, it's straight up been like,
1: he I'm will be our guy. Report. All reports, I say, see on the athletic one punch.
0: Well, that's like that's running world. On the athletic, all these reports of he will have a big role. He will have a big role. He will have a big role eventually. So i I don't like ranking him at twenty two, but I just know this O line is so good that if he does see even a fifty fifty five percent backfield share
1: eventually, like I just feel like it's so. Yeah, you have to rank him there. The problem with Jonathan Taylor is that he's not going to see that. Marlon Mack is too damn good at football. Yeah, I agree. Let me, let me explain. Can I explain? Yeah, you say by 8 points. Screw that. Oh, there are 15 running backs that went for 1,000 yards last season, right? Only four of those guys had less than 15 games played. That was Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, and Marlon Mack. That's the caliber of running back he is. 12 running backs scored eight touchdowns or more last year. 12 backs. Only four of those guys played in f- less than 15 games. Dalvin Cook, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, Marlon Mack. He's that caliber running back. Marlon Mack had the fourth most first downs of any back in the league last year. Remember, he only played 15 games. He had the third most quote, unquote, big runs, runs of more than 15 yards in the league last year. Remember, he only played 15 games. He was ninth in the league in yards per game over that time. Marlon Mack is a damn stud running back. And, yeah, some of that has to do with the offensive line, but some of it has to do with just the pure fact that Marlon Mack is too good to give up 55% of the touches. Don't forget that Naheem Hines is there as well. Naheem Hines had 11.3% of the team's target share last year's 15th among running backs. 44 catches, by the way, second most catches on the team last year. Only one catch behind T.Y. Hilton for Naheem Hines. He was the go-to guy. Now, he's going to give up some of that pass-catching work, but he's certainly not going to give up all of it. Here's a report for you. Frank Reich says, don't be surprised when Naheem Hines goes 10 catches a game. Okay? Naheem Hines is the pass-catching back. Marlon Mack is... A great NFL running back, Jonathan Taylor, has a very steep uphill climb to get work on a consistent yeah. basis.
0: And I, I said all those things all offseason because it, because it is true. And I, uh, Reich and uh, front office guy Ballard, they're, they're, they know how to manage a team. Obviously, they took this team from. Absolutely nothing to Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard and Braden Smith in one draft to the quarterback retired legit the week before the season. And they went seven and nine, I believe, and competed. Yeah, I I don't even know. Like, it's not even like the passing volume because that's strictly just Naeem Hines because you don't see a six foot four pass catching running back very often. So you're going to give him the ball. And I love taking Naeem Hines. It's just, I, I, I. I I just I guess the Marlon Mac stats are I just think it's a product of the O line like I really I really think that's what it is and because if it wasn't though then why would they take Jonathan Taylor?
1: Who who knows why they took Jonathan Taylor? Because of Mac's injury history because they don't plan on keeping Mac after his contract is up they want to plan for the future yeah. because rookie running backs are cheap it is a business that is the business model in the NFL that's true that's true
0: and I yeah that is fair he's
1: a piece. He's a piece. And should they need to use him this year, they will. But guess what, bud? They won't need to. All
0: right. All right. I, I might have to just a little bit. I'm still trying to figure out this whole range. I just I'm trying to help
1: you win the ECR. Listen to me, Lucas. But we got we got we're we're way behind on the schedule. Let's move things along. That's here. fine. Please, all right. Next,
0: next up, I think a big one we can talk about. Actually, it's kind of a, okay. So this tier of James Conner, David Johnson, and Devin Singletary, you are all above. Uh, ECR. I'm roughly at it, a little bit below on Singletary. So, Connor and David Johnson, I guess we're both, we're actually perfect on it. My bad. I wasn't reading it right. They,
1: those three guys.
0: Yeah. So, J- James Connor David Johnson are strictly volume plays. And honestly, 15, 16 might be low if they really are going to see the volume we think they're going to be. It's just kind of where the, you could say, I guess we're just sharper on the. The, we're we're moving – we have less concern about injury, I think, is kind of the way to put it compared to the markets because everyone knows how good James Conner was. He was like the RB1, I'm pretty sure, or a top three two years ago. And David Johnson literally, literally – David Johnson and James Conner kind of have an awkwardly same career trajectory. It's sort of sure. weird. It's kind of like they're in this offense where we know their role, but for some reason people don't want to rank him higher, or draft him high. So I think – actually, there's probably not much to talk about with them. I think the one – Devin Singletary – uh, is, is the big one, I think, here. So, I'm at 26 and you have him at 18. We kind of the, go
1: ahead. I, I was gonna say, people forget that. Uh, like, if the thing about Devin Singletary when you watch his college tape before he came out of the NFL, the one thing that stands out was that what 29 touchdown season his last mm-hmm. season in college. This kid knows how to score, and people are forgetting that because he only had two rushing touchdowns last year, and everybody's saying. He can't score on the ground. He only had two rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah. Frank Gore came in and did a lot of work on that team for Devin Singletary. But this little dude knows how to score touchdowns. Um, Insane touchdown production in college. And my favorite thing to say about him, cliche as it is, in a phone booth, he's the hardest to tackle running back in the league. Phone booths happen right there on the goal line. For my projections, I'll tell you what I did. All I did is I took his two rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns from last year. And I doubled them. I gave him four rushing touchdowns and four receiving, which is not a lot for either side, but um, you know, he's the starting running back now, you know, it took him how long to get real work on that team. It took him at least seven, eight weeks before he got real work on that team. He comes in as the starter. I think it's easy enough for that to happen. And if he had, he had doubled those touchdown numbers. If he had four and four and everything else stayed the same, he'd be the running back 19 last season. Um, if you just look at his return from injury week seven to 17, he was a running back 22, even with that super low touchdown number. I think those come up this year. And, you know, Zach Moss is going to do a lot of work on the goal line, but um, it, it would be surprising if that started on week one and he took all of that work on week one for me. I think Devin Singletary's touchdown potential is a lot higher than most. That's why I've got him there.
0: Yeah, I think I think I just I have Moss with a little more work, I guess, and I kept him the same at touchdowns for this upcoming year because he frankly just in the playoffs when Frank Gore was out they put in Taiwan Jones on every single goal line rep. Tywan Jones, so like that's I know I said that all off season on the podcast because that's what I come back to because then they go out with their second pick in the draft last year and take arguably the best do-it-all running back, power running back in the league, in the league, in the draft, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, but they weren't going to get Taylor in round three. You know I love Moss. You know, I love Moss. I know. Yeah. He's, he's a good running back. And I I don't think it's necessarily – because I've taken Singletary in some leagues. It's not necessarily that he's going to take Singletary's role. I think it's that. it's I think it's a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation, but in reverse way. Well, Singletary is the, you could say, upgraded Kareem Hunt in a way, and then Moss is the discounted Nick Chubb. So I think – they're really just going to have very select-defined roles, not week one because we'll have to work into it. But I think we'll see it start to be where Moss is getting a little bit more carries than Singletary, and Singletary is getting six targets a game to Moss' is three or something like that. It's going to be very – kind of like Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, and they were sort of the one-two punched with a little bit less of a expected points week in and week out. But I, I do see where he could finish 18 just due to kind of the nature of the team there with him. Dave.
1: I mean, you say that he's going to get – Moss is going to get more carries, but Devin Singletary's is 5.1 yards per carry. Yeah. Say, like, slow down. And the one note, the only note I wrote for Zach Moss on here is, as much as I love him, let's not give him the work until he earns it. And yeah. I don't think Devin Singletary is going to roll over and let him have it without a real fight because he is a better running back between the tackles than some people think. That's all I've got.
0: Yeah, I have I had Moss. I think twenty carries less overall than Singletary, so a little under one point, one point something a game. That could be on the high end though, but I'm it probably is a little bit on the high end. But I think people are sitting right around the you could say two range where Singletary gets two more carries a game than Moss. But I think those red zone touches are going to. I went, went, went two
1: ten to one hundred four. I doubled it.
0: Okay. All right. I mean that's yeah, fair though. That's definitely that's like your typical. Uh, you could say. Uh, what happens when you draft a running back to a second-year running back? I, I, I think
1: it's a good way to put it. I did give Moss seven touchdowns on the ground, though, to Singletary's four. So, like, his role for me was pretty clearly defined when, when he came out. I know there's reports that say he's a better pass catcher than even they expected, but Singletary is a better pass catcher than Zach Moss. Like. Yeah,
0: I think they're just both good. They're just both good running backs, frankly, well, I good. think is –
1: what it for is football starting. wise, this backfield is going to be way better than people think. But I still think for fantasy purposes, I'm real confident with Singletary this year.
0: For sure. All righty. Next up, DeAndre Swift. Uh, I have him at 33. I moved him down today. He frankly just hasn't practiced. I was low on him anyways because like you can't change coaching tendencies as much as people think they can flip a coin and predict what's going to happen. We we have their tendencies for a reason. They've happened before. You off him again. I moved him down to thirty-three. I'm at twenty-five. I just I didn't want to draft him before because his ADP was rising. Now he, frankly, just hasn't been at practice. And if he's not going to be at practice the rest of this week, I don't know if he's going to play Week One. And I know Carry On can be hurt, but if Carry On plays Week One and scores two touchdowns and runs the ball good, they're not just going to throw in Swift as the starter. So I think he's a player that I'm strictly just fading in general. I think I was warming up to him when all these reports of. He looks amazing. He's going to have a big role right away, all that stuff. But missing practice isn't going to keep his role secure. So do you think maybe you'll move him down at all if we get more reports?
1: Or No. You know, I've got him – I think he's going to stay there. Something about that coaching staff and carry on Johnson, they just don't like him. I agree that Johnson's a really good back. Might get hurt, might not get hurt. I don't know. We'll see. But eventually DeAndre Swift is going to take the bulk of this work. To be clear, like you said – um tendencies from the coach say that even if he gets the bulk of this work it's not all that valuable work yeah uh, because that's just not what this team is it's not what they want to be they don't want to be a running back focused team it's it's the new england patriots offense they don't care who who's carrying the ball um they, they they they're not into that i think i have it at 171 to 140 carries and pretty close split between the two on uh on pass catching work and no it's very rare that camp reports from coaches changes my mind about much to be honest with you like if 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 they come out and say hey this guy really looks like shit he's a garbage player then i believe it which is not what they're saying about swift it's just yeah. that he's not on the field it might take him longer to get work because he's not been practicing he's not been playing it's it's hard for me to take Anything that comes out of these coaches' mouths with more than a grain of salt, but, but yeah, at twenty five is where I have him ADP wise. is he's at twenty five, I'm not I'm not drafting DeAndre Swift. I'm not drafting Carryon Johnson. I don't want a Detroit running back. He's on my do not draft list just because of where he is. Yeah, and I think that's definitely, uh, yeah,
0: definitely fair. I think I'll just stay away. I guess I'm kind of I kind of made the decision when he had the landing spot per se, so I'm not going to just yeah. kind of counteract oh, yeah. it. Okay. You could say. All right, next up, another rookie here, Cam Akers. We're both above uh, ECR, you could say, or ADP on him. You have him at 23, I have him at 25. I'm getting more and more confident about him every day. I just haven't really drafted him much because he's kind of going in the Robert Woods, sort of Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, kind of range where I just favor those guys. But I do really think uh, Darrell Henderson is basically not available to play if a game were to happen tomorrow. And it doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to go week one. So Cam Akers should be in for a good roll uh, week one. We did see what happened last year, week one, or Malcolm Brown had, Brown had two red zone carries to Todd Gurley's. Uh, I think he, Todd Gurley had a fine week, but Malcolm Brown, for some reason, had the red zone carries. So I don't know how I'm going to be able to – I don't know how we should evaluate this backfield if Henderson's out with just the two. You would think that Akers would see a huge jump. I don't really know, to be honest. But I think in the long run of the season, I think the 23 to 25 range is definitely – uh, all right. Yeah, like I, I don't want to say guarantee, but I feel like that's where he'll land if he sees roughly RB2 eleven to twelve points per game, which is definitely possible if
1: Henderson's passing work is gone. I'm taking Cam in the fifth round every in all my redrafts right now. I you know, you know very well that like coming into draft season, Cam, I was not very high on Cam Akers. Um that changed everything changed at the drop of a hat when he he went where he went because I think he's gonna He's gonna start. And as much as McVay says, Hey, let's, we're going to try to emulate the San Francisco 49ers. Like that's great. If all those running backs produce, but I'm not convinced that you're going to get the production out of, out of Brown or Henderson, even when Henderson's healthy, that you're going to get out of cam Akers. He's just too explosive. He's got the all around skill set. He's, I think he's shown. Uh, in both in college and, and in the combine that he can do everything. Um, so, so yeah, to me, He's an absolute draft. He's one of the guys that I'm trying to get everywhere, um, even in redraft, because I think I think he's going to be the leading rookie running back this year, easy. So give it give him to me.
0: Boom. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty safe pick. He kind of has been right around this range, and I don't think he's really moved much for me. But there hasn't really been any news or role change to move him up here. All right, we got two guys here that we are kind of on completely different sides. So Mark Ingram. I have him at 21, and this is another situation where like, I don't know how to evaluate this. You have him at 32, kind of sitting right around the 26-27 ECR or ADP range here. I I don't like using Roto-World Reports for J.K. Dobbins being good at camp because, frankly, he should be good at camp against most two defenses in most plays where they're not even in full pads and he's catching balls. Like, I hope you're good. right? You were a Ohio State running back. You should be a good running back. I just don't. What it comes down to for me is the red zone work. I just don't think Mark Ingram's going to lose that work really for most of the season because he's going to be so efficient like he was last year at it that they're not going to have a reason to put in Dobbins. So I think 21 might be too high, but. Those numbers I don't, were
1: insane in the red zone last year. You have so many red zone but, opportunities, so many red zone touchdowns. Those are coming down, man.
0: But why, though? Because this team is so good that they're creating these opportunities. Like yeah, this,
1: this team was great. You know what? It was really hard for teams to adjust quickly to Lamar Jackson in the course of a year. They've had an offseason now. There is not uh, – this is the NFL. These coaches are literally the best in the world at what they do, and they always, always find ways to slow down weapons. And to be frank, this is a one-dimensional offense that is going to score less points this season because teams slow them down. I I still think Ingram's going to be fine, um, but I think Dobbins is also going to be fine. I mean, I've got him at 180 carries for Ingram, 130 carries for Dobbins. They both score five touchdowns because uh, the other point I want to make is that I think J.K. Dobbins will end up at the end of his tenure on this team as an absolutely all-league goal-line scorer i think he's going to be as efficient if not more than Mark Ingram on the goal line because he is a he is a hard man to take down um on first contact but it's pretty close to split for me and i got lamar jackson with 150 carries too there's just too many pieces for me to want yeah. any of them and and yeah and i'm learning the offense dips so no thanks
0: yeah no i've really drafted many of them it's just tough for me to visualize him losing value, I guess, because I really just don't think Do- – Dobbins will be – it'll it'll be a 66-33 to 33 split for backfield carries. Obviously, Lamar will have his carries, but it'll just – yeah. It's don't forget kind of Gus what Edwards, is.
1: man. Gus Edwards had 100-and-something carries last year. Well, right? he, had,
0: he had like 70 of those when Ingram didn't play. So, like, he, like, really didn't have 100-and-something carries. But, no, yeah, I get your you're saying. The next guy kind of along the same lines here, uh, we're kind of – Sort of split. I'm kind of at ECR a little bit above, and then you're five below. Raheem Mostert, same thing. Yeah, I we're we're both we're both we both really like Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, I think Coleman's still the starter. I just think that Mostert is what he is. He'll break off some long runs. He'll have the beneficial touches. So I kind of threw him at twenty-seven, but that gap range from there is just kind of it what you will. He's a flex play on good matchups. I don't want him on my teams because frankly. I don't know when to play him cuz they shredded every single opponent from good to bad last year so and by really the end sure. of the
1: year I think 27 you know I think getting inside the top 24 is barely maybe inside the top 20 is absolute ceiling for this guy but his floor is look if McKinnon ends up you know blowing the lights out of a passing game yeah. if Tevin Coleman ends up running real well hell if Jeff Wilson ends up scoring at, at will on the goal line like the floor for a guy like mostert starter or not going into the season is hot. running back 100 like it's so hit or miss yeah. with him and it's so hard to predict and it's so easy for this coaching staff to shift to another guy that it's it's hard to mess with any of them
0: yeah i totally agree uh, with that uh, we talked about cream hunt uh, another guy here james white we're always every single year going to be above ecr and james white for some reason ecr does not catch up with james white probably my favorite running back pick every single year. I don't think are a bunch you of running back.
1: all that, that historically Cam doesn't like the checkdown. Are you concerned about that?
0: No, because he doesn't – because I guess more so like James White role isn't check down, you could say. I think like now it's a it's a developed role that he's playing all over the field, moving around. Like the, the plays are going to him in yeah. terms of their calling plays for him, not the, the ball ends up going to him. And I think – Yeah, I guess like Cam Newton not historically going to the check down because I think it was the same thing like McCaffrey like the ball was designed to go to him. It wasn't a situation like I don't even know what running back that would be because frankly check downs like I hate when people say check downs because like a check down is part of the read system of the plays because it's so efficient. So like it's not like this quarterback's like, oh, no one's open. Throw it here. It's like. Oh, frankly, no one's open. This is
1: where I check down to every single time. So let me reword it then. Let's say Cam Newton is not very good at progressing past the first two reads.
0: That's fair. Yeah,
1: it's. I only bring it up because it's the argument that I hear a lot about James White. Well, well, you know, it's not Tom Brady anymore. Cam Newton is not a guy that likes. I agree with you. I tend to agree with you. I mean, he learned what. See, even when he wasn't playing and just watching from the sidelines in Carolina, he learned what this kind of back can do. His coaching staff isn't going to let him ignore James White, and with all the other turmoil, like is Sony Michelle going to play? I don't know. Is Sony Michelle going to run for two point two yards a carry or whatever it is again? Who knows? Like James White is a consistent. Him and Adelman, they're consistent, solid pieces on this team, and you can't. People are ignoring him at their own peril, for sure.
0: I agree. Another one here is Ronald Jones. I am kind of above consensus. Frankly, I think this consensus is not up to date what actually like is kind of happening uh, in higher stakes leagues or in the fantasy space. I don't like putting him at 23, but it sounds like Keyshawn Bond is not going to be a thing. He frankly just hasn't done good in camp. He's gonna be a special teams guy and earn his way up. Shady is there, yes, but it's not like Shady's gonna come take away from this guy they've been hyping up all summer. I just I don't I have Ronald Jones now because a lot of the zero RB builds he hasn't caught up in ADP and I'm getting him in the sixth round and not even that I'm projecting him to be like a huge fantasy running back. Like I think like RB two is about where he'll finish. It's just that his, his floor is so good. If Keyshawn Vaughn like truly is not progressing well and won't see much work. Buwale will see his, I don't even know what he had last year. He'll see his set amount of touches. Shady will get, I don't know what, 10, 10 carries a game, two targets. But besides that, it's really all, Ronald Jones here. Um,
1: yeah. I'm coming up on Ronald Jones. Okay, so my rankings will probably change just a little bit before the season. I'm coming up on him. I tried really hard to get him in my in my draft the other night, and I was real pissed off when I missed it by one pick. My valuation was off just a little bit, but um, I'm coming up on him. The the one thing that I can't get out of my head though is you know he was hyped up last off season yeah. too, and he yeah. couldn't he couldn't be out. Uh, Peyton Barber, he couldn't keep a starting yeah. job against Peyton freaking Barber. I think Keyshawn Vaughn is fine. He's a fine running back. The thing, the only thing that stood out to me, it also did to Tyler, is that he's a big effort guy. Um, I think he'll work his way into some kind of role. Um, Dari on the team is a is a a better player than people think he is. I mean, Sky will tell you he's the best running back on the team. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but. I just can't get that out of my head that, for whatever reason, Ronald Jones couldn't win the starting job against Peyton Barber last year, and that concerns me.
0: The the problem I always had was the process of, like, people liking Rojo. Like, I say process a lot because, like, this is – like, it is a process in evaluating players. Like, you have to have takes that – or reasons why he moved up. The reasoning was that – well, first it was he's trying – Arians is trying to find his pass-blocking running back. The best pass-blocker running back with the most pass-blocking snaps on this team was Ogunbuwale by a lot. It wasn't even close. Like there was no other running back touching him in terms of pass-blocking snaps and being good at it. They draft Keyshawn Vaughn. He raves about his pass-catching effort, perfect one, and his ability. So to me, like, okay, lower Rojo, right? Like he's not going to see very many snaps. Then they go out and sign Shady. And for some reason, people just keep bumping him up their rankings or, like, they're like, dude, he's in for a big role. And I'm like, I don't – how How do you see this? Like, it's another one where, like, we was, he wasn't going to throw a young running back into the fire. If he was that good, he would have, yeah, frankly, beat out Peyton Barber. He would have provided more value to this team, right. a team that was – in a way, they were competing every game. They were 7-9 and nine due to their quarterback situation, but they were competing. They were – Probably the top three offense in the league, roughly. So I think, yeah, I, I struggle to keep him here, but like now it with it's basically the Keyshawn Vaughn news of him not progressing is what made me move him up because Shady's not going to, Shady's not, Shady, they didn't sign Shady to have him lose work as the season goes on. Like he's going to get a set amount of touches that he had like at Kansas City last year. Dari stays. So really it's just him taking over Vaughn's projected split, I guess. And uh, Rojo did have quite a bit of red zone carries too, compared to I think what we thought. So that should relatively stay the same, if not go up there as well. Um one Let, more backfield though. Hurry up.
1: I, I was gonna say let's do this. We're as we're kind of running out of time. Let's just go down this list and just name some guys I think that we like better than ADP without a lot of explanation, name some guys that we don't like. Let's give these let's give our listeners some deeper um, deeper takes on these guys in those later rounds. You want to do that? Or is there yeah, one yeah. you want to really hammer?
0: Well, one of them was the Miami backfield, I think, was one that we're pretty differing on. You have Breida uh, at 26. I have my 41. And if you flip it, I have Howard at 29. You have my 44. So basically, we're just Fast flipped on the two running backs. Yeah. And I think I do see that. The problem is, though, like, Breida has never played a full season. And I don't think going to a worse offensive line – and I know that's like a narrative. Like going to a worse offensive line, you're going to get tackled more, but it kind of is true. Like it's just less uh, certainty of him taking uh, less hits. So he, frankly, has a better chance to get injured. But I do see I, – I I think they're both solid plays as long I'm as they're both of
1: wherever, Like I, won't, I don't want both of them on one team, but if I can't get one, I'm taking the other in every league I've got. And, I, and frankly, I don't care which one I have because um, Jordan Howard is a great – a great touchdown scorer in his own right. Uh, Matt Breida is explosive and a great pass catching back in his own right. So I, I like both of them. I don't care where their ADPs are. I want to make sure I have one of them on every team I can.
0: I agree. So I, I'll start here on the running back. So I just pulled up the ECR. So this is the the expert consensus. Uh, Vaughn, I'm above ranking, but I kind of like still need to move him down possibly. McKinnon, I'm 23 above. I'm sure you're even Love roughly close. Yeah, he's going to smash this year. Uh, Josh Kelly is a guy we need to talk about. I'm pretty high
1: on him to ECR. Give me some Josh Kelly, baby. Austin Eckler can't run the football. Austin Eckler can't run the football. Let me say it again for the people in the back. Austin Eckler cannot run the football. Joshua Kelly is going to be, by week 10, the lead ball carrier on the team. Eckler's got his role. 100-plus targets, fine. But Kelly is the ball carrier, period.
0: Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm big on Echo, so I don't know about the whole like not running the ball. But like well, it's the, two
1: point 2. two yards per carry in like eight out of his ten games that he played once uh what's yeah. his name Yeah, I kinda say he can't carry the ball.
0: I guess, yeah. But I get okay, Josh Kelly, the RB two, no matter the situation like for this Chargers team is going to produce yeah. flex worthy numbers. And the problem was we didn't know who it was going to be, but it sounds like it's going to be Josh Kelly. He's been running with the ones. He's been he's been the first one off the bench. That uh, makes a sense,
1: draft, baby. Not a surprise yeah. to me. It, it makes
0: sense. Answer. Yeah, you're a genius. So Josh Kelly's a name to keep on if you have your drafts uh, this upcoming week. Don't be afraid to to reach on him, frankly, because if if news breaks that he is the two, which it will by next week, his teams have to release uh, depth charts next week he's going to be an eighth-round pick. So he's definitely going, I don't know, 10th, 11th round right now. So don't be afraid to snag him in that uh, that Boston Scott range for sure. So do you have any guys that maybe you want to throw in real quick or just kind of maybe your bigger ones?
1: I think uh, in a PPR, I think you can get some value out of Darrington Evans, that kid out of App State. You know, he's he, I think, is going to take the pass-catching role. Plus, I think he's a, an absolute must-have handcuff especially if you're the Henry owner, right? Obviously. But I, you know, there's a fair shot of Henry, the amount of work and punishment he takes that that he misses some time. I think that's a good spot. I like Chris Thompson in Jacksonville. We already kind of mentioned him. I think Deandre Washington is a really interesting, really late round guy um, in Kansas city. Now I think he's going to be, he's sort of taken over to me like what the LaShawn McCoy role was last year, which was plenty of work um, even behind CEH. And again, rookie running backs sometimes they get beat up a little bit they get banged up they get wore out by the end of the year if DeAndre Washington doesn't get more and more work down the stretch i'd be a little bit surprised um, let's see who else do we got on here i like you know i'm ta- we talked about John uh, Connor earlier James Connor i think Anthony McFarland is a re- Anthony McFarland is a really interesting stash for when Connor does get hurt because i think McFarland's the guy that's going to end up starting on this team Neither of the other Jokers. Um, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's pretty much it. Everybody else is, is pretty darn close. AP's kind of interesting. Um, I still think Duke Johnson carries some value. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know who we should mention before we go here is Antonio Gibson. All the love he's getting out of Washington with Darius Geis gone. I don't think Bryce Love is what people think Bryce Love is. I think Antonio Gibson is going to be a guy that gets a lot of work in a lot of interesting ways in Washington. So I want him wherever I can get him.
0: Yeah, I think I think with Gibson is like don't worry about the ADP. You're just gonna have to take him if you believe in him because it's kind of risen Thank to you. a point where I'm like, eh. But I think that'll be a situation to monitor, which we'll probably throw in on the Stat Rat Show, the Snap Count, the opportunities and stuff like that every week because he is a player that, frankly, could in a way be like the next Austin Eckler per se in terms of like he gets a set amount of touches, late round guy, kind of breaks out here. Um, He's not going to be a top top three three running back by any means on a week, but I think he'll be definitely a good piece for sure. Anything else?
1: Piece. Um, the last thing, uh, if you want to play a fantasy football game you've never heard of before, but it's probably the most uh, interesting thing you've ever done, tweet me at Who's Nuts All these No As you see it on the screen there, I'll tell you all about it. That's it. All
0: Sweet. So next week uh, we'll be starting the in-season content. So the Stat rat episode, which is basically just uh, – Stats, trends, stuff you don't see on box scores that we're going to be bringing you to kind of discuss the what happened and then our player props we'll throw in there. Those will obviously be for the next week or maybe we'll throw them in a different episode. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll figure it out. Uh, but then we'll have the matchups. We'll have to listen to the listener league recap and preview. And I think Scott is doing an episode by himself, kind of a little bit of a recap too. So look for that next week. Uh, football is single digits, single digit days away. It is almost here. Bears road to 2021 Super Bowl. Woo! Let's do it. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, but we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V
1: on YouTube.